You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Bad Batch fans, and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the episode Return to Kamino. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Avery. Uh, Mike is not here this week, but I'm joined by our other co-host, uh, Joe, don't call me illustrious holy. <laughs> I'll take it. That's the closest <laughs> thing to what I wanted. How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing all right, Joe. How are you? I'm all right, man. Thank you. Um, well, we've got a heck of a Bad Batch episode to talk about oh. for this week. <laughs> Um, but we've actually got a few news items to talk about first, uh, more than our usual, uh, you know, zero to one, you know, it's, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it been, the news has been a little slow through most of the season, but we've actually got some stuff to talk about this week. Some good, some bad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but let's just jump right in, uh, starting with the news that Disney has, uh, officially renewed the bad batch for a season two. Um, so coming up on the end of the season here, we know that, um, we're going to be getting more Bad Batch presumably next year. Um, actually, yeah, next year. This is the event. The adventure will continue in 2022. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's good news. Also could mean that we're in for, you know, a cliffhanger of a finale. Who knows? Mm. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've all been enjoying the heck out of this season so far. And I can't wait to see uh, more adventures with these characters next year. And I, I guess this also means that, you know, assuming Mike doesn't kick us off, uh, that next week will not be our last time here on Rebel Cells, Kyle. Probably. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> we could do something to get ourselves kicked off. Are we are We're... we doing visions? Oh, I don't know. I feel like we should. Um, I would love that. Because yeah, I'm going to be watching that show. Oh, I'm definitely going to be watching it, too. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I haven't I wasn't thinking about that in terms of like. You know, it's not from Lucasfilm Animation, mm. um, so it, it's, you know, not one of the, uh, it's a little different from the shows that we usually cover on Rebel Cells, but um, yeah, I don't know. Stay tuned. It's possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you, I'm sure. Do you want us to, listeners, dear listeners? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let us know. I mean, I, look, I'm sure Mike's going to want to cover it either on Rebel Cells or mm. on uh, Faster, More Intense. Um you know, if if it's Star Wars, we're talking about it somewhere. So, um, yeah, who knows? But, um, yeah, Bad Batch Season 2, hopefully we'll be back for that. Um, and, uh, gosh, I can't wait to see where the season leaves off next week and what kind of stuff we have to look forward to in Season 2. But, obviously, it's, you know, regardless of how this season story wraps up, it's, you know, sort of wide open galaxy for the characters to sort of keep exploring and keep kind of finding their place in this new Empire era. Um, and, uh, obviously lots more development to see with the empire. They're still on sort of the phase one stormtroopers, And we know we've got those clone wars, uh, models already of like Vader and the stormtroopers and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, lots more cool stuff they could do with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm pumped, man. This is, I mean, we've said it many times. This has been a show that, you know, we all kind of expected one thing and got something completely different. And I just, I loved it. What a, what a ride this has been. Like, what a great show this turned out to be. I really, 
kind of just expected some. And I, I love the Clone Wars, but I kind of expected, um, you know, like season one, season two style Clone Wars adventures for this mm-hmm. show. And it just turned into something completely different that really very pleasantly surprised us. Yeah, so, definitely. Awesome. Um, and man, just we... just one more uh, to add to the list of just the crazy amount of Star Wars content we're going to be getting next year. Um, so I feel like we talked about this a few weeks ago, just looking at the lineup, but like, you know, we've got Book of Boba Fett, mm. um, which starts at the end of this year, but that'll be continuing on into next year. And then we'll have Cassian, right. Kenobi, Bad Batch season two, and then I'm assuming we'll get Mandalorian season three by the end of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something too. We didn't really have that on the, the news items, um, for this week, but I think like in an interview recently, I think it was John Carlo Esposito said that like they're done, uh, filming, um, the book of Boba Fett now. And so they're going to be, uh, starting on Mandalorian season three pretty soon here. Was, was um, he involved in filming that? I don't, well, I don't think think he was involved in book of boba fett but he presumably will be involved in mando season three right and i think we already knew that book of boba fett wrapped i think tamora morrison talked about that and so yeah. i think john carlo okay. was just saying like now that that's done we're getting ready to ramp mm, up on mando okay. season that three so cool. um yeah so lots of forward year, to man yeah next year is gonna be great and we're gonna you know there'll be no shortage of stuff to come on and do podcasts about for all the Star Wars shows we're going to be getting next year. So um, that's the good news. The <laughs> bad news. I mean, it's 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 good news and bad news because this is Galactic it? Star Cruiser hotel that's opening up at Disney it, World seems like news, a – well, it seems like a really cool experience. <laughs> it's good news for the people who are multimillionaires I mean, or the 1% their own companies. Of, uh, or, <laughs> the yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Disney released a lot of new – uh, details and images and concept art and stuff for this Galactic Star Cruiser. It's opening spring of 2022. Uh, they released all this info about like what's included in the stay and the the hotel amenities and the food and all that kind of stuff. But the big sticking point that everybody's been talking about is the price. Mm. And uh, goodness gracious. I mean, so, so this Galactic Star Cruiser thing, you know, it's a hotel that you stay in, but it's a whole like interactive story experience. And so it's like a two night, three day, I think kind of thing. Um, and so all these packages, it's not like a nightly rate. Like you can't stay for one night or three nights or whatever. Like everybody does a two night stay. And mm. for that two night stay for two people, it's $4,800 and that's for the standard cabin. That's not like the, the deluxe VIP room or anything. Um, and then for, uh, for three people, for two adults and one child, it's $5,300 and for four people now for whatever reason, they list this as three adults and one child, it's $6,000. I don't know if it might be a little bit cheaper for two adults and two children. Um, but regardless, uh, you know, as who's, Luke Skywalker once said, in the, it, as, as Luke Skywalker said in the Moss Eisley Cantina, we could buy our own ship for that much. <laughs> That's true, man. Like, what are they think? All right, I have a question because I, I mean, maybe I haven't looked at the right media to see this. Is this like you literally go and spend all your time there, or is it just a hotel that has like interactive stuff to do? Because I can't imagine. Spending that much on a hotel and then having nothing to do and like, all right, let's go to the parks now. 
and then just oh, come no, back no, no. and there's, sleep. Oh, no, no, no. There's stuff to do in the hotel, I believe. Okay, so this is literally um, a two, like a 48-hour-ish Experience. Yeah, well, here, here, I'll just read what they've got on the website here because it says what's included. It says your Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser vacation and package includes two nights stay in a cabin or suite, ongoing immersive and interactive entertainment where choices determine your experience, food and beverage on the Star Cruiser, excluding alcoholic and specialty beverages, and a quick service meal at Docking Bay 7 and Cargo um, and other locations at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, admission to Disney's Hollywood Studios for your planetary excursion to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, uh, valet parking, and an exclusive Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser data band uh, known on your home planet as a magic band. So I guess I don't know if that's like your park pass or I don't know what that is. But. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's it's your ticket and your your room key, just like the normal magic bands are. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I I've been to Disneyland, but I don't remember getting a Magic Band. I didn't know what that was. I, I think it's a Disney World thing. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because well, yeah, we're, there, we're so there's going... probably there's probably like an exclusive special edition Star Wars okay, one or something. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, like I know I remember from um, just some of the stuff that they had talked about earlier. Like there is some interactive stuff to do. Like there's um i'm pretty sure there's an area of the hotel that is kind of like a cantina or bar or something like that and i know there's some activities to do like you know lightsaber training and and stuff like that so it's definitely um it's an interactive experience and then obviously part of it includes going to galaxy's edge as well and so like the admission for that is rolled up in it but still you know uh it sounds like your your meals are included Food and beverages on the Star Cruiser. Some of them, including alcoholic and special. Oh yeah, yeah. So food and food and beverages on the Star Cruiser and a quick service meal at uh, at Galaxy's Edge. A quick service meal at Docking Bay. Yeah. Okay. So it's I basically mean, all honestly, the all the food all the food in the hotel, and then you get like one free meal out at the park, basically. But this, is what it sounds but like. it still sounds like you're still like not spending your time there. You're going to Hollywood Studios. You're going to Galaxy's Edge. Well, I, again, I'm pretty sure there are some activities to do in the hotel and some like, you know, immersive interactive mm -hmm. stuff. It's not just, it's not just you sleep in the room, you wake up, you go to Galaxy's Edge. Like there's stuff to do in the hotel as well. But as part of that two night stay, part of it includes, I don't know, maybe it's admission, maybe it's just a one day admission to Galaxy's Edge, or maybe no. it's, you know, your choice if you want to go back and forth or whatever. Um so, I mean, it's kind of nice that that's included in there, but still, like, you know, park admission and a two-night stay at a regular hotel for a family of four is going to be maybe, what, like $1,000, $2,000? Um, and so for it to be... Uh, let's see. I mean, if if you're doing one of the, like, the, the not penny savers, but, like, there's, the there's like, the discount uh, Disney hotels that... Because we actually just booked. Uh, Tina and I are going to go in October. And I think our rate was 170 a night. And we have twin beds because they just didn't have any uh, queen bed ones. So we have two twin beds. So I guess a family of four in that room. Um, and then the park tickets are what? Like 160 a person? So uh, I'd say less than 1,000 really. If I guess depending on the time of year and, and like what days you're going. I think the 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 rates might be higher on weekends, um, but we're yeah. doing Monday to Friday, so yeah. We, we but again, with, with a family of four, so with four park tickets plus that two night hotel, 
And then right. plus, you know, food and everything at the park because that stuff all adds up. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's probably about a thousand dollars. But mm. yeah, again, for it to be six thousand, you know, I mean, <laughs> people have been saying, you know, I've heard people saying things like, "Man, for that much money, like you and McGregor better show up and teach me how to use a lightsaber himself." Or, <laughs> Call me know. the chosen one. Seriously. Yeah, that's brutal, man. I mean, obviously, it's something that we're all upset because we all want to do it. But like, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure this is going to be well worth. I mean, part of the reason that they that they're charging that much is like, look, you know, there are people out there that can afford it and that are going to go like, oh, they'll make that money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Disney, they're gonna, you know, they're, they're greedy and they want your money, but they're not stupid. Like, they're not going <laughs> to charge that much if nobody was able to pay it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for the people that are able to go, I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's freaking awesome. It sounds really cool. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to need Biden to throw a few more of those stimulus checks my way before <laughs> I'm able to go. Exactly, man. Um, I'll, I'll be watching uh, a lot of those. There's, there's a bunch of Disney World YouTubers that always go and review stuff. I'm sure all these people are going to be going and doing it. And I'll live vicariously yeah. through them. Yeah, that's that's reviews. a good point. I'll probably do that, too, because I know people have done a lot, you know, a lot of those for Galaxy's Edge, too. And I tried to stay mm. away from those because I, I was like, you know, right. Galaxy's you do Edge, I can do. Yeah. And yeah. I and I was able to go to Galaxy's Edge last year, right before the pandemic. And I mm. uh, got to go with uh, Tim and Paul from my other podcast, The Saga Continues. And we had an awesome time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. Again, maybe spent a few hundred bucks on that weekend, not 6000 So for this, you know, if anybody's doing video walkthroughs and stuff, I'll probably just check those out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, bummer. Um, bummer. It looks yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, bummer, bummer for most of us. Um, but it does look really cool. So I hope it at least lives up to the hype and is, you know, worth the money for those that can go. Do we um, know when that stuff goes on sale just for the one listener who can afford to go <laughs> i don't um i haven't seen anything about that yeah yeah again it just said it opens uh spring of 2022 right and they have like the pricing info so you can kind of start planning your visit but i don't think it's available for purchase yet um and even this because like you said you know a lot of disneyland and or disneyland and disney world you know the park admission prices vary depending on the date and stuff and mm-hmm. so, like these sample, um, these sample rates that they have here, this is for uh, dates from August twentieth to September seventeenth, twenty twenty two. So, mm-hmm. if you're going like around a holiday weekend, or if you're going maybe more like in the peak of summer, like June or July, it could be even more expensive. <laughs> so, jeez, yeah, jeez, um. But yeah, so for for those anybody out there that is trying to go, you know, Man. good luck. Let us know how it is. Yeah, please. Uh, hope you hope you maybe get in on one of these low end weekends. If these is you know if if this is the the cheaper end of a spectrum, I'd, I'd hate to see how much it is for like Christmas time. But um, yeah, I don't know. Send us videos. But um. Yeah, so we got well, so we got good news with the bad batch. We got bad news with the exorbitant price of the hotel. And then uh to finish off with some more good news, and this is not really a big announcement or anything, but um EA had an investor call recently uh where they briefly talked about Jedi Fallen Order. And uh I guess they were also talking about Mass Effect, and so they're talking about um 
you know, both of those games, they kind of mentioned around the same time. And the EA CEO said, we're continuing to invest in both of these franchises as well as uh, more of our amazing IP. So that's not really a surprise. I feel like I'm pretty sure there was a, another similar investor call or something like last year or something like that, where they also said that like after the success <laughs> of the first Jedi Fallen Order game that they wanted to uh, continue working on it or, you know, turn it into a franchise or a series or something like that. Um, we still don't have an official confirmation of a Jedi Fallen Order 2, but again, I think that's you know, probably a given, you know, just thinking about the, the potential Star Wars games that EA's got in the works. I think that's one that a lot of us want to see. So good to know that they, um, I don't know, that, you know, they, they were happy with the success of that game and want to do more with it. Um, and I fully expect we'll get a big reveal of Jedi Fallen Order 2 and probably some other stuff uh, next year at Celebration and or EA Play. Um, probably both, you know, we'll probably get like a reveal trailer at Celebration and then maybe a gameplay trailer mm -hmm. at EA Play or something like that. Um, also, uh, a couple other things to throw in here while we're talking about Star Wars gaming news. Um, also, Star Wars Hunters, which is um, that sort of like mobile game that was supposed to come out later this year. That has apparently been pushed back to 2022 as well. Um and then uh, I also heard some rumblings that we might finally get some more official news about Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga coming up at Gamescom. When which, was that game supposed to come out originally? Like, it was, was originally supposed there, there never was a concrete release date. It was originally supposed to come out spring of this year. Okay. And then it got pushed back. Um, they just said they had to delay it, you know, in order to mm -hmm. make the game that we all want and, you know blah 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 but i they never um like even when they delayed it they didn't announce a new release date or even release window i think um but a lot of people are just kind of speculating or at least hoping that it's still going to release before the end of 2022 but we haven't really heard any official info or you know there was nothing about that at e3 or anything like that so um Hopefully these rumors are true that they do end up showing some stuff at Gamescom and maybe we'll finally get an official release date or at least find out if the game is coming out before the end of this year. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, some of that stuff's up, you know, a little up in the air. Hopefully we get at least one Star Wars game this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, who knows? I'm sure, like I said, we're going to get a lot of big stuff next year with Jedi Fallen Order 2 and whatever, whatever else EA is working on when they said, you know, next year they plan to sort of have their big reveal of all the stuff in star Wars they've got going on. So we'll just have to wait for that. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't even like that Jedi fallen order, especially was so um, like they wrapped the story up so nicely. I'm not really sure where they're going to go with another one. Like I'm excited that there's another one, but I, to me it just felt like, Oh, well, this is, this, this is a complete hero's journey. Like I, I love all those characters and I can't wait to see them together and doing more stuff but like i guess they can really do anything now but mm -hmm. for me that story felt so like okay that's it that's the story yeah that's kind of how i felt too but i mean that's what i liked about it like it didn't feel like you know there the story didn't end on a cliffhanger or there's mm -hmm. no um there's not really any like plot threads where you're like oh they have to finish telling the story in a sequel but i think just where all the characters end up like you said the you know, the possibilities are wide open. And I think mm -hmm. those characters really resonated with people. And, um, 
you know, just continuing with like a, a similar type of game with that Jedi action gameplay and stuff and just keeping all the same characters and just coming up with some some new adventures. There's a lot of stuff they could do with it. Um, I mean, you could explore more of like the, the ancient culture of the Zepho. Um, actually, you know, what's funny. I, I not even thinking about us talking about this on the podcast. I started a new game on Jedi Fallen Order last night. Um, and there's something on like when you're on the planet Zepho and the Empire is talking about like Project Augur, where they're looking for like they're looking for ancient relics and like the Empire ha- or the Emperor possibly has some interest in Zepho. Um, so there's maybe some more kind of mystery they could build on that with like exploring some of the ancient cultures and ancient relics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really, I'm just looking forward to more, um, you know, developing those characters more and, uh, you know, especially because I really like, uh, Marin, uh, oh, the night sister and yeah. And, and she doesn't really, you know, she doesn't join the crew until like later in the game. So you don't really get to s- see a lo- uh, you don't get to spend a lot of time with her interacting with the rest of the crew and kind of building her relationship with Cal and everything. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, her and Cal together and seeing, you know, them as a full group. Um, I want to play as her. I was actually, Night I was sister, thinking that could be, could be one. Awesome. That would be, I, and I do think that's one potential way they could go with it because another thing I was thinking of is like, you know how a big part of the first game is Cal like rediscovering his connection to the force and learning all these Mm -hmm. force powers. And then you have the flashbacks to him learning them as a Padawan and stuff. And I really like that gameplay mechanic, but I was like, well, how are you going to continue that in the second one when now like he's a Jedi Knight, he's got all his powers. Um, So how do you do that without it just feeling, you know, video gamey and like, you know, you need a, a good, like that was like a perfect story explanation for you know just sort of video game tropes of like leveling up powers and stuff like that um but one thing i was thinking is like well what if all the same characters in the next game but like now because marin has you know night sister magic which is kind of a version of the force like what if uh the second game is like cal training her to be a jedi and so you play as her and kind of go through the same journey that cal went through in the first one where you're like unlocking these powers and stuff but also like incorporating night sister magic into it I um, am going to be so disappointed when that's not what we get, Kyle. <laughs> that sounds awesome to me. I would love that. Oh, man. Yeah, that that's would be perfect. Amazing. That's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're already working on it, but, you know, if anybody no. wants to call up EA no. and be like, hey, hey, hey let's get EA on the phone. Got a last-minute suggestion for you. You got to start over. Trust yeah. me, this is going to work. Um, who knows? May, maybe somebody else had the same good idea and that's what they're already working on. We can hope, hope right? So. I really hope so. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. But, um, oh. yeah, I don't know. We'll just have to, uh, wait and see when we get all that stuff next year. But, um, yeah, again, next year is going to be an awesome year for Star Wars. Next year's going to be nuts. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's going to be crazy. Um, but with that, that's pretty much all the news we've got. So, uh, you want to go ahead and jump into the episode recap for this week? Yeah, let's do it. What else you got? Give me more! Hyperdrive's online! Crosshair, take the towers! How many are there? Five of them. That's Clone Force 99. This is Wrecker, Hunter, Echo, 
Tech and Crosshair. My name's Omega. The Clone Wars have ended. You can either adapt and survive, or die with the past. Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Good soldiers follow orders. Episode Recap. All right, so we've got uh, part one of the Bad Batch season finale, Return to Camino. Uh, this episode was directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and written by Matt Miknovitz. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll just jump right into the recap here. Uh, Crosshair's attack shuttle soars through hyperspace. He visits Hunter in his cell, but will not tell his former squad mate their final destination. Before leaving, Crosshair activates Hunter's comm, hoping the Bad Batch will come for him. On Ord Mantell, Echo works on the Marauder, but Omega is growing impatient, eager to rescue Hunter. As the ship becomes operational, they receive Hunter's signal and see that, see that he is no longer on Daro. Um, and this is, you know, not a whole lot going on here, just kind of picking up from the last episode with Hunter getting captured. Um, but again, you know, Crosshair knows their tactics. He kind of knows how to play these guys, and so he activates... Uh, Hunter's calm, knowing that the Bad Batch are going to pick up his signal and knowing that they're going to come for him. And Hunter's like, you know they're going to realize it's a trap. And Crosshair's like, yeah, but I know they're going to come for you anyways because, you know, he just knows how they operate and how close they all are and everything. So um, just kind of a good tense setup here to open up. Which which they also knew. It reminded me of, uh, I think it was Revenge of the Sith, right? It's probably a trap. What's our next move? Spring the trap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, they know. Yeah, and I think they talk about that, too. Like, they know it's a trap, but mm. they're going to take whatever chance they can get to rescue Hunter, so they're going to figure it out. Absolutely. Uh, should I should I keep going since there wasn't... There's not really much to say about it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just jump into the next part. Cool. Uh, Crosshair and Hunter arrive at Camino, where they're greeted by Admiral Rampart. Once they're dismissed, recruit ESO2 from Crosshair Squad expresses her distrust of the clones. Keep an eye on things, Rampart says. Tech infers that the signal from Hunter's comm is a trap. Boom, there you go. Thankfully, Omega knows of a landing pad into Poka City that will be clear of troopers. Um, arriving at Topoka City, the little uh, John Williams cue from Attack of the Clones. Did you mm -hmm. pick up on that? Yep. Did, they didn't do that in in the first episode, right? I I don't remember hearing. I don't cues. think so. Yeah, because that I I'm trying to think if they ever even used it in Clone Wars. Uh when we I see don't Camino it. in um yeah, yeah like in season three, three like yeah. clone cadets and arc troopers and stuff. We might have heard something similar or they might have kind of um you know, the music might have kind of been reminiscent of that, but I definitely like, because it stood out to me. Like, I don't, mm. I'm like, man, I haven't heard this since Attack of the Clones um, is kind of how it felt. And so I don't think, like, even if they might have used something similar or something to kind of evoke that before, I don't think they went this sort of full on with it. Yeah, it um, felt like the actual, I mean, obviously it wasn't the same recording, but it felt like the the same composition as, the, it wasn't even like a, a cue or a throwback. It was literally the same score, it felt like, just obviously yeah. a, a new you know, Kevin Kiner version of it. Yeah. And it definitely, you know, it, it worked and it was fitting given uh, what ends up happening to Camino in this episode, wow. sort of, you know, brings the whole thing full circle from the time we first saw it. And you know, what's funny. I remember when, when the music, you know, was playing, feeling very nostalgic and attached to Camino. And I think that yeah. was 
probably very deliberate that that's why they brought that back for this episode because of obviously you mentioned what happens later. But yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. just set you up. They gotta, they gotta play with us. They gotta play with our heartstrings, Kyle. Oh yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, upon arrival, they find nothing at Omega's coordinates. She says that they must go lower, however, to activate the platform. Finally, a landing space rises from the waters. To get to the city, Omega activates a hidden tube system. Their tube leads directly to Nalase's laboratory. As Crosshair escorts Hunter, the Bad Batch leader realizes that the facility is being decommissioned, and the clones will be phased out next. Not the ones that matter, Crosshair says defiantly. Um, and man, this was, you know, we, we've kind of seen this transition happening throughout the whole season. Um, and especially the last season when, you know, uh, pres- I, I think it's safe to say at this point, because we didn't see him in this episode that, uh, Lama Sue got executed. Mm-hmm. Um, Nala Se is taken prisoner by the empire and is off to go work for them. And they're obviously, you know, phasing out the clones. They're moving their operation off Camino. Um, and Rampart, you know, is talking to, uh, Tarkin later and saying that, you know, they've evacuated everybody. They've moved the cloning operation somewhere else. We don't know where that is. Um, But obviously, and again, I don't know if this is already Palpatine, you know, wanting to sort of start the wheels turning for his stuff in Rise of Skywalker, or if this, you know, ties into like the the cloners in, um, or, you know, like the the scientist in the Mandalorian who's got like the Kaminoan patch on his sleeve that, you know, is doing the, the tests on Grogu and stuff. Um, obviously we know the empire does some stuff with cloning later and I don't think, you know, they're not going to just continue making clone troopers, but yeah, we know that they've moved some of them to a different location and are working on, you know, some other projects or whatever, but, um, just seeing it, the, the, the cloning operation and, you know, the Kaminoans and stuff that as we know them just sort of slowly getting phased out, um, over the course of the season. And now to see Camino just empty, like it was kind of spooky you know like we're used to yeah. seeing clone troopers marching down the halls and cam and owens walking around and um you know there's just sort of a like you said a, there's sort of a nostalgia there and and um just sort of an order of things that we're used to and seeing it completely empty was weird um but again that's what they were going for and it was very effective yeah absolutely um, and also the big question to me that comes up, uh, you know, Crosshair says, well, not the ones that matter, like they're not going to be phased out. What about the ones that don't matter? What's going to happen to those yeah. clones? What are we doing with those guys? Are they yeah, be that's... The... Well, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, you know, that's that's a good question. And I, I don't know if we're going to get a concrete answer to that because I'm sure it might be very dark. Um. I mean, I'm sure we'll probably find out at some point, but, you know, I mean, Mike had brought this up, you know, last episode and he was asking like, you know, are they all just getting marched off to get executed or something? Mm -hmm. Um, I always just kind of assumed that the empire would continue to still use them as stormtroopers until they just sort of like outlive their usefulness because we know clones age twice as fast. Um, But then of course, because we're seeing clones like Gregor and uh, Hauser defecting, you know, the empire might just want to, you know, cut their losses and just get rid of these guys now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen to him, but that, that's definitely one thing we might find out more about um, in the second part of the finale next week. Well, we, we had, well, I think Mike was the first person to speculate this too about um, the battle for Camino, where there might be a clone uprising 
um, you know, obviously it doesn't get very far, but I'm I'm still holding out hope for that. It just won't be the Battle of Camino now. Yeah. Um, but I still really want to see that. I'm hoping it's not just like a quiet. Yeah, don't worry about it there. There <laughs> we sent them all to a farm to live out. Yeah, the rest of days. I think that definitely might be a possibility. I think we might see that next week. Um, I don't think it's going to be like a full scale military revolt because right. if all the remaining clones fought back against the stormtroopers, the stormtroopers would lose. Right. Um, it, you know, like imagine, you know, Rex and Hunter and Gregor and Wolf, like organizing a clone army against the, you know, couple thousand stormtrooper recruits that the empire has got so far or whatever. Um, the empire wouldn't last long, but of course, I mean, they've got the ships and the, sort of the the big war machine all going but um yeah i don't know i think we might see some sort of small scale thing like that and like you said i mean i was kind of expecting to see that on camino and then it's like the empire sniffed that out and cut it off at the you know nipped it in the bud before it could become a thing like when they killed um Lama Sue and, and took Nala Say away and, and just started shipping off all the clones. They Because I, I think, if anything, it would have been the Kaminoans that had some sort of plan for that. Right, um, right. And so they just, yeah, they they the Empire just kind of put the kibosh on that before it could become a thing. But also, um, I guess it wasn't this episode, it was last episode where we saw Rex and they asked him to go rescue, or Rex asked, them, asked the Bad Batch to go rescue Gregor, but he obviously was in the middle of his own thing. Um, and he could just be going after Commander Wolf, but he could be trying to rally more clone troopers. Um, but I, I fully expect to see Rex play a part in the finale and possibly some more clone troopers as well. And then possibly, you know, the, the final episode this week, or maybe it's something we could see in season two. I think there'll probably will be some kind of conflict between the clones and the empire at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, before this episode, I was thinking to myself oh what better cause for the clones who were still you know in not independent thinkers but the ones who were able to resist uh whatever programming now is what better like motivation for them to revolt than to defend camino that defend their home yeah um, and the kaminoans and all that stuff if, if it's not going to be the republic slash empire uh but the, goodbye to that theory <laughs> mm-hmm well hey you know what it could be like um gosh who is it Remember, iron man in the event it, iron man in the avengers who says you know if if we can't defend it then we're yeah. sure gonna avenge it yeah so Remember maybe Camino. that maybe this will be the thing that <laughs> that kind of rallies some of them catalyst yeah that'd be pretty cool actually yeah um but let's keep going here all right cool um, uh, i think i'm up oh next part's you yeah uh yes uh, arriving in the command center, one of Crosshair's troops confirms that the scanner picked up a ship. It's them, Crosshair says, confident the Bad Batch will come to them. Omega and the Bad Batch arrive in the lab, the very place that the Kaminoans developed the Bad Batch's mutations, Omega says. After Echo taps into the system, he finds that all central files have been erased. Suddenly, they hear something from behind nearby medical equipment. AZI-3... He explains that he's been hiding in this lab as Imperial troops have been deactivating droids and forcing Kaminoans onto transports. They eliminated those that resisted. Very happy to see AZI, AZ for short, I guess. Um, and not surprised, too, right? Like, we kind of knew that he was stunned the last time we saw him. Everybody, well, not everybody, a lot of people were worried that he was destroyed, but 
uh, I think it was a safe bet to uh, assume that we would see him again. And here he is, causing trouble as usual, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was fun to see. I I wasn't even really thinking about him coming into this episode, but then, yeah, when you saw that there was like somebody hiding in the lab, I was like, oh, I bet it's AZ. Mm. Um, but this was interesting because, you know, so um, they come in this lab and Omega is like, this is where I spent all my time with Nala Say, but she's also telling the Bad Batch that like, this is where they, you know, sort of developed you guys and enhanced your mutations. Mm-hmm. And it almost sounds like she was there for that. Um which was interesting because I, you know, I was thinking about the timing of it, and I'm like, you know, she is, uh, you know, she's an unaltered clone like Boba, um, but also just because of how young she is, even with the Bad Batch aging twice as fast, I don't think she would have been created before them. And I, so I've seen some people talking about this online and kind of speculating, like, wait, is Omega older than the Bad Batch? But it could have been something where, you know, it wasn't necessarily like them as embryos or infants or whatever floating in the tanks but maybe like when they were a little bit older mm-hmm. and they had them in there like running some experiments on them or something like that um or it could just be that because omega's been in there with now let's say like maybe she just knows that that that's where they were developed maybe she wasn't actually there for it i'd have to go watch it again and listen to the dialogue but mm-hmm. um, i i actually really wanted to watch after seeing that scene I, and i didn't get around to it I want to go back and rewatch the first episode because of how, like, she was always staring at them from afar. And I wonder if there's any, like, oh. clues to that. You know what I mean? Because she was she was yeah. interested in them as soon as they arrived on Camino. She was focused, like, laser focused on them. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, and it could be that maybe she had sort of watched them grow up. Right. Um, to so an they extent. don't know or her, at least, but she or, knows them. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, like she, they wouldn't remember her if she was just watching from the lab as they were like maybe, you know, unconscious and floating in tanks or something like that. Um, but yeah, so may, maybe that's why she was so fascinated with them right from the beginning was like, mm-hmm. oh, I remember those guys. Either way, it's cute. I like it. <laughs> it's a little more yeah. like, I mean, obviously she's, they're developing this relationship between her and the Bad Batch and now we have this extra layer of, oh, there already was a connection. We just didn't really know about it. Right, so right. I, I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, it was cool to add that little uh, little layer of backstory, I guess. And even just, again, just adding to kind of the nostalgia to, you know, seeing all these places on Camino that we've seen before and now seeing one new place that we hadn't seen before and, uh, you know, this being like the place that the Bad Batch sort of originated from was, um, you know, just a nice little touch. Um, but let's keep going here. Um, let's see. Hunter tells Crosshair that the Empire's occupation of worlds and silencing dissenters isn't right, but Crosshair won't listen. Can't you see they're using you? Hunter says that inhibitor chip in your head. Uh, it's that inhibitor chip in your head. Uh, Omega, AZI, Wrecker, and Tech track the comm signal. They come to a hangar which sits directly beneath the signal's origin, the training room. We'll enter through the lift. That should give us a slight advantage, Tech says. Um, now I'm trying to remember, I'm, I'm scanning through the rest of the, uh, <laughs> the recap real quick. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't think they mention this in the rest of it. So I'm just going to mention it here. Uh, cause Mike wanted us to give you all a, a big, I told you so from him. Yes. Um, that, that's, when, that's at the end of the episode. 
Oh, is it? That's yeah. See, that's, I don't. I, that's the last paragraph. Oh, of, I see. I see. Okay, yeah, you added yeah. something in there. Okay, never mind. I'll wait for that because <laughs> I thought when they when they were when they were talking about the inhibitor chips. No, of um, course, of course. And you know what's yeah, funny? I, when I was when I was reading the recap and and writing all of them down because like you can't just copy and paste off the the site for some reason, so you have to actually oh, transcribe everything. Um, I had the same thought. I was like. I could have sworn that's when this happened. No, it's like the last two minutes of the episode. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll wait till we get to that like, point. Whoa, moment for the ending just before uh, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, now, obviously, it's funny because um, when the Bad Batch are all like, oh, we'll, we'll enter through the floor of the training room because that's where they are. Again, thinking that they're going to get the jump on Crosshair and crosshair again knowing that that's exactly what they're going to do um and they pop up right in the middle of all his troopers but um yeah no a good you know a, a more good tense exchange between hunter and crosshair that like you said obviously pays off at the end but um just interesting to hear this continuing conversation where like crosshair is so loyal to the empire thinking that because uh you know because the bad batch are special and because they can be useful that they're going to um, you know, that the Empire is not going to phase them out, even though Hunter's obviously like, man, look at Kamino, look at the other clones, look at what they're doing to, uh, you know, just phase out storm tro- or clone troopers and, and bring in, you know, their new stormtrooper recruits. You know, they're going to get rid of us. And Crosshair's like, no, not me, not us, like not the ones that prove they can be useful to them. And he just, you know, won't back down off of that. Um, which it'll be interesting to see what happens with that next week if he if maybe they eventually do finally change his mind or if that you know if if crosshair sticks to his guns and maybe finds out the hard way that hunter was right um you know we'll we'll see uh what sort of becomes of that yeah for sure and uh i mean i gotta say this also just because you you kind of touched on it even if crosshair didn't know that they would come through the 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 lift that's a horrible plan there's no cover on that yeah as soon as anyone in that room hears the lift they're going to point their gun at the lift and there's elevated positions in that room it was a horrible i remember thinking like what you're gonna go through there it's the worst idea it's the worst entrance you could possibly make that's what I was thinking too. I was like, okay, so we're going to surprise them. We're not going to come in through the front door. We're going to pop up in the floor right in the middle of the room. I don't know. That I, I was a little like, uh, it kind of took me out of the episode at that point. I was like, that seems like a horrible idea, but okay. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really take me out of it. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of those, one of those things. It was like, oh, whatever. Because again, I think, I think you could have interchanged that like I don't know how many entrances that room has or where else they could have come in from, but I think whatever they chose to do, I think the point is not that they made the obvious decision, but just that Crosshair knew what they were going to do. Like that they thought they could get one step ahead of him. And just because he thinks like them and whatever, like he was prepared for it. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, you know, I I think, you know, writing, writing the episode, they probably would have made him aware of that wherever they chose to pop in from. Mm hmm. (laughs) <laughs> kind of like a scripted video game villain no matter what you yeah. do sometimes they they the game has to not let you get the drop on things and they're gonna know where you are yeah for sure or when you're you know when you're uh 
yeah, when you're winning a boss fight, like you you take down half their health and they haven't touched you, and it still has to go to like a, a cutscene where they're beating the crap out of you. Or something. yeah, we're like, oh, I don't know if we could do this, but like you grinded like twenty seven levels more than you're supposed to be at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Uh, so I will keep it moving here. Uh, But when the Bad Batch emerge in the training room, they find Crosshair and his TK troopers waiting. What a surprise. The clones (laughs) throw down their weapons. Crosshair soon realizes that Omega is missing, however, and orders a search. Echo activates his own comm signal. And Omega intuits? Intuits? I don't know. Omega figures out that something must have gone (laughs) wrong. I have an idea, she tells AZ, opening a panel that houses training drugs. So pretty much we knew where that was going to go as soon as she uh, claimed she has an idea. Like, oh, okay, I have a feeling and know yeah. what, uh, what's going to happen next. Well, I didn't, I mean, you, you knew what she was going to do with those training droids, but I still, it was kind of a nice surprise the way that whole scenario played out. Yes, for sure. For sure. Because I thought, I thought the training droids were going to come up and take out the stormtroopers. And that was, mm-hmm. that's obviously what she kind of intended, but um, doesn't exactly go as planned. Um, but I'll just go ahead with the next part here. Uh, Hunter and Crosshair again trade barbs. I was one of you, Crosshair finally says. You may have forgotten, but I haven't. And that's why I'm going to give you what you never gave me, a chance. Meanwhile, ESO2 finds Omega in the lab and reports into Crosshair. He commands that the trooper send her off-world. Hunter protests, but Crosshair goes on. Stop pretending you're something you're not, Crosshair says. This is what we were made for. Think of all we could do together. He removes Hunter's bindings and sends him towards the center of the room with the rest of the Bad Batch. Um, and this was this was a really good, uh, you know, just good moment, good conversation right here. Um, because, you know, the whole season, Hunt, uh, Crosshair's been, uh, you know, hunting down the Bad Batch um, and, you know, working for the Empire and everything and seemingly showing no remorse. And we think he's just, you know, programmed by the chip and, you know, that these guys are now traitors and enemies of the Empire and he wants to take them down. But then you keep having these moments like at the end of episodes where he looks kind of solemn. Um, and we were wondering, like, you know, what's going on in his head? And, you know, is he regretting his decision or does he miss being with his squad or is he, you know, having second thoughts about working for the Empire or whatever? Um and so, you know, he he kind of, I don't know, bears his soul a little bit here where he's like, hey, like, I believe in the Empire and what they're fighting for. And I think you guys are doing the wrong thing. But I also, you know, miss having my squad with me and, uh, you know, was kind of hurt that, like, I chose to obey orders and you guys kind of just dumped me. And, and, of course, Hunter's like, you didn't give us a choice. Like, you know, the Empire was trying to kill us because we didn't want to go along with all this. So they had to get away. Um, but Crosshair feels, you know, kind of hurt and betrayed and deserted. Um, and as much as he still is at odds with the rest of the squad and, and, uh, he's not like coming around to their point of view, he still firmly believes in the empire, but he's giving them a chance to join him. And it's not a, you know, sort of typical Darth Vader, you know, join me, you know, we're going to be all evil together and stuff, but it was like, you know, kind of, almost this kind of tender, vulnerable moment of like, hey, man, like, I want my squad back. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Crosshair almost kind of admitting, like, I miss you guys. Um, and, you know, and, and trying to convince them to uh, to join him in the Empire, um, which, of course, they don't go along with. But um, 
yeah, it was it was a, a good moment. Yeah, it it was it was kind of the moment we realized that oh, so it wasn't so much a vendetta. It was just really him trying to reposition himself to get his family back, essentially. Yeah, which was yeah. very surprising to me. Um, you know, even even though I still kind of had Mike's prediction in the back of my head, um, I wasn't expecting this. I didn't expect this next moment. Um, so I guess I guess I'll I'll move on to it. Um, yeah. Crosshair orders his squad to stand down, but they refuse. He opens fire, killing the troopers that surround the Bad Batch. As ES-02 closes in on Omega, AZ activates another panel of droids. It opens quickly and knocks out the soldier. In the training room, Crosshair asks the Bad Batch to join the Empire. You really don't know, You really don't get who we are, do you? Hunter asks. Suddenly, the droids emerge. Uh, the droids emerge from arriving lifts, opening fire. In the confusion, Hunter tackles Crosshair. Um, this this made the change from Clone Wars season seven make sense to me. Um, which was we we had talked about it on a previous episode. I'm pretty sure you were there for that. Um, the original Bad Batch episodes were released in animatic form uh, a couple of years ago, and then they were obviously finished for Clone Wars season seven. And Crosshair had a line in I believe the second episode that was changed, and it was one that I was upset that they changed it because it made more sense for his character. The original line they were talking about Echo being. Um, you know, left behind at the Citadel. And uh, Crosshair says, if I was left for dead, I wouldn't be so loyal. Um, and I remember mm. loving that line. I'm like, why did they get rid of that? Why would they take that out? And then you have him here. Even though he felt like he was left behind, he's loyal to his family. I'm like, ah, that's yeah. why. They were setting they were setting it up better. So that you know this this would make sense later, and I was like, I I must have not been there for that. I I must have not been there for that episode. I don't remember you guys talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This it's funny because now that you mentioned that, I feel like I do remember that line from the animatic, but that wasn't even something that I remember uh, them changing. Yes, Um, in in the final episode, it changed to something like, oh, whatever, who cares. He's only a reg. And then, you know, it's mm. the part where Rex goes to hit him, but Wrecker gets in his face. Um, that's when, like, the Bad Batch and Rex, like, still didn't really respect each other at this point. Right, right. Yeah, um, like, in the, in the second episode when they're on, yeah. uh, not Skackle Miner, whatever. Well, yeah, whatever yeah, the, the other is one. where they, they rec- rescue Echo from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they were scouting out something at that point. Yeah. And they were trying to figure out, like, or maybe Be- that because the thing call. is, they they basically suggested that the uh, echoes um, the signal was a trap, and if it really was yeah. Echo, it was probably disloyal. It was you know right, working right. for the separatists now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, we had we had briefly talked about that a few episodes ago, um, and yeah, I, it really bugged me because I loved that original line, and I was like, why would they take this out? This is so great for. For like setting this up later, what a weird thing to remove. And like at this moment, I was like, "Ah, Felony, sneaky man." Because yeah. that had yeah. to have been that was probably a Felony thing. Clone Wars was probably Felony to make that probably. Make that um, well, and I mean, Dave's an executive producer on both of these, so I don't know exactly um, 
how involved he is in this. Um, mm. And even with Clone Wars, like he wasn't, he didn't personally direct any of the episodes. I imagine you're probably right. He probably did have a little bit more direct oversight on those final episodes of Clone Wars than he does on Bad Batch. Um, but that definitely seems like a kind of thing that he might've stepped in and made that change knowing, mm. uh, you know, that original line in Clone Wars, but then knowing what they wanted to do with the character in Bad Batch. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, makes sense that they would change that because I mean, on the one hand, you could still leave that in and say that like, you know, he was left for dead and he wasn't loyal to the Republic, but like the, the squad, the rest of his squad deserting him wasn't what made him turn to the empire. Like he turned mm-hmm. to the empire because he was following orders and then right. his squad left him. Um, and so he, he really doesn't have anything left to be loyal to except the squad. And you're right. Like he, as much as he even is, you know, going along with the Empire and being all Mr. Good Soldiers follow orders, like he still is loyal to his squad. And they also did kind of leave him for dead on the uh, on the junk planet. Oh, true. You know, like, yeah, he, he was all I mean, how much could they really help him at that point? They were on the run. But yeah, at, at exactly. that point, he was he was shooting to kill, though. So I feel yeah, like his- it's like, yeah, if, if they had tried to go to Crosshair for all they know, he could have shot him. They, he literally tried to burn them alive in the engine of a Star Destroyer, so. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to be like, oh, he tried to burn us alive, but he accidentally burned himself instead, so let's go help yeah. him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just interesting to see his perspective, though, to... I mean, obviously, like, I think the Bad Batch are in the right here, like, especially for all the times Crosshair has tried to kill them, mm-hmm. um, but you still see him feeling like you know, hey, like, just because I was doing what we were supposed to be doing and, you know, following orders and being loyal, that you guys just kind of dumped me and left. And, um, you know, and now and he's like, you know, now I'm going to give you what you never gave me, which is a chance, which I feel like at least in the first episode, they did kind of give him a chance. Um, You know, even when Crosshair was kind of shady about uh, Hunter letting Kanan go, um, you know, they they had a lot of discussions and trying to get on the same page and everything. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I think if you try to put yourself in Crosshair's shoes, you can definitely kind of understand why he feels that way. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But at the same time, like, come on, guy, <laughs> look, look at what you did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Again, like, I, I, I don't think he's right. Like, obviously, the Bad Batch have, you know, have more than good enough reason to treat him the way they have, but I can see where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. Next part's mine, right? Yes. Um, as more of Omega's droids close in crosshair fights them off alongside the bad batch. When ESO two returns to the training room, she sees the chaos inside and reports back to rampart. Pull the remaining forces out. He says, let the clones die together. Now off world rampart sends a transmission to Tarkin informing him that all essential personnel have been removed from Camino. The chief scientist is secured and the cloning technology is now under Imperial control. Pleased, Tarkin gives the order to fire when ready. Um, so first of all, just the the fight scene of all the, um, you know, the Bad Batch together in the training room with all these droids closing in. And at first you've got Hunter and Crosshair kind of, uh, you know, wrestling on the ground, like in the middle of all this chaos that's going on around them. Um, and then eventually, you know, a droid closes in and starts shooting at him and, you know, Hunter's, uh, you know, gets distracted by the droid and Crosshair like 
fires over Hunter's shoulder and takes down the droid. And then the whole, you know, the music kicks in and the whole squad is fighting together as one unit again. Um, and it was just, you know, it was awesome to finally at the end of the season, have all of them back together again. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> just, you know, just see them firing on all cylinders again. You know, it was obviously intentionally a throwback to like the, the um, training sequence in the first episode where Tarkin tests them with the battle droids and, um, you know, they fight them all together in that same room. Um, so it was, it was just cool to see the whole squad together again. But then after they take out all the droids, uh, you know, it's, it was like, you know, it wasn't like a happy ending. It wasn't like, Oh, everything's fixed. Like, you know, they're all back together again. It was like, we got to see them fight again. But then once the fight was over, um, they still have their issues to resolve. And mm-hmm. Crosshair was still like, I'm going to kill you if you don't join the empire. Like I still have my orders. Um, but yeah, it was it was just cool, um, just for that brief moment, having them all sort of on the same side again. It really um, felt like, oh, family's back together. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you kind of <laughs> knew it wouldn't last, and I'm I'm glad they didn't take that quick, easy way out, right? Because you could have had crosshair, like you you easily could have had crosshair, like put in a situation where he has to join back up with the squad and they're all fighting for their lives together. And then him be like, all right, I guess we can put aside our differences, but it's Mm -hmm. like, no, they obviously still have major issues to work out. Like as much as they work well together and as much as they sort of all miss being together, they're still on opposing sides. And like that issue is not just going to go away. So um, there's still a lot more to work out there, which, and you know, of course we'll, we'll talk about sort of the, uh, the culmination of that in the next paragraph, but um, also seeing, uh, you know, Rampart, like finally having pulled all the forces off Camino, and he's up in the Star Destroyer now and, uh, talking to Tarkin and he says, you may fire when ready. And I was just like, oh shoot, this is not <laughs> going to be good. Um, so yeah. And I, again, we, we see what happens with that in a second, but, um, I didn't necessarily think that that's where this was going to go and expect it to be that sort of dark and again like you said i mean it's not it wasn't dark in terms of like anybody getting killed or anything but still especially for those of us that are fans of the prequels and the clone wars and stuff like we've seen a lot on camino and is kind of um you know just one of those planets in in star wars that a lot of us have kind of a nostalgic affection for and uh seeing the empire ready to just wipe it out it was like oh man not this again (laughs) absolutely uh well, let's let's take it a step further and uh, bring it home, I guess. Yeah. Once the battle with the droids is over, the Bad Batch surround Crosshair. Hunter tells Crosshair his inhibitor chip is to blame, and they can help him. Wrong, Crosshair says. I had my chip removed a long time ago. After a tense moment, and somewhere Michael Cohen explodes with a smug sense of self-satisfaction, <laughs> Crosshair moves to raise his, his weapon. But Hunter hits him first with a stun blast. Wrecker grabs Crosshair and they make a run for the Marauder. But before the Bad Batch can reach it, Imperial cruisers rain down a barrage of heavy fire, destroying the cloning facilities on Kamino. Oh, my heart. My heart Man. can't take it. Those, those still images of the just abandoned... You know the 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 mess hall and and the hallways and uh, the labs and all that stuff. Oh man, they were. De- I knew it was happening, and I mean, I'm sure we all knew it was happening. And I was just like, no, no, please. 
Um, yeah, it was it was brutal. Um, I also have an affection for Camino just because like I'm obviously I mean I'm I'm most well known in the art circles as the clone trooper guy. Like everybody knows my friend Christy and I are the two like clone trooper nut jobs. Um and my very first officially licensed Star Wars print was on Camino. It was sixty-six troopers and a big Django Fett, and it was on rainy Camino. And it's I don't know, like it's it, it's just like oh, like in like the the I'm a fan first and an artist second, and I always try to blend the two things together. And just the fact that like it was my first print, and now Camino's blown up. I was like, oh man, it just it hurts, hurts my soul. Yeah. Um. And yes, you mentioned before, we have to bring it up. Mike sort of predicted it early on. And then as the season went on, he was more and more sure that, uh, you know, Crosshair already had his chip removed. And, um, you know, oh, I'm just I'm the bad guy. I, I really am. This is really who I am uh, with or without this chip. Um, my question to you, Kyle, when did he get that chip removed? Because, like we said, the last time when they were fighting on the junk planet, he, um, to me, seemed like was trying to was ordering his squad to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and also on um, what was it Ryloth? The one run in he would have had with them, he was in a he was perched in a sniper tower, and he was ready to you know open fire when the doors opened, but Hauser walked out. Yeah. Um, so when did when did he lose this chip? Because he said a long time ago. When did when could he have lost this chip? Well, we don't know. We don't really have <clears throat> quite a good sense for how much time has taken place over the course of this season. Um, and Mike and I were talking about that on the last one too. Just kind of thinking, like you know, it would be nice if they gave us sort of a benchmark at some point. Like if one episode mm. somebody just mentioned offhand, like oh, it's been a year since we first left Camino or something like that. Um, so yeah, we don't know if it's been like a year, six months, whatever. I think it's heavily implied that he got his chip either taken out or just damaged when he was burned on, Mm. um, on, on the junk, on the junk planet on Baraka, because after he says that, when he says I had my chip taken out, it cuts to a shot where I think you're supposed to just be sort of seeing um hunter's reaction but you're seeing like the back of crosshair's head where he's got like that burned area on the side of his head which makes sense because i think i think that burn and that scar is placed in that position for a very specific purpose because i was a little more i was a little surprised that after that episode we didn't see him more scarred up in the face like because he seemed to you know take the full brunt of that fire like right to the face and his face was all kind of black and charred looking and so I was thinking that like a whole like half of his face was going to be scarred or that he might even have like a cybernetic eye or like some, you know, some metal or some prosthetic or something on his face. And I was a little bit surprised, not necessarily disappointed, but maybe like a little bit underwhelmed that all he had was just kind of that scar on the side of his face. Um, and then watching this, I was like, oh, it makes sense that that's where they put it. Because again, I think the implication is that um that that damage that injury um either just destroyed his chip or damaged it or you know so maybe they had to take it out or Mm -hmm. 
you know, they, they had to take it out during the process of, of healing him, or he maybe just chose to take it out at that point. I don't know, but I think those two are definitely connected. Um, but I have to say, like, as, as much as Mike was right about him having the chip removed and still choosing to follow the Empire, I like that he's not just like, oh, I got my chip taken out, but this is who I am, and I'm still just like a murder bot, and I'm going to kill you guys just because I feel like it. Like, I like that he, may, and maybe it's because he got his chip taken out, that he still has some of his humanity in him, and that just because he's, fo- again, because he's following the Empire and he's following orders, that he still... um wants that connection with his squad and he wants to be back with them. He doesn't want to be enemies with them. Like he wants to live in a world where he can serve the empire and still have his squad with him. Mm. And uh, he's just, you know, he's going to have to pick one or the other. He's not going to be able to have his cake and eat it too. But um, yeah, I, I like that. He wasn't like, Oh, I've got my chip out now die. It was like, I've got my chip out. I'm still serving the empire because I want to, but I, I want you guys to join me. Like I don't want right. to be enemies. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was surprising. It, it was surprising just because of that like change of heart that he had, which you know it it makes sense. And I guess Mike saw it coming ten miles away, uh, but it's cool that it did affect him to some degree because he was definitely trying to kill them, and then all of a sudden, you know, he had this sort of veering change of heart kind of thing Mm -hmm. um yeah i agree it would have been a lot less compelling if if he was just very like destroy destroy kill the bad batch you guys are bad yeah 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 i I like that he's still following the empire because he chooses to and and so now this is not about who's being controlled by the ship it's just about ideological differences right um but they all have you know, they all make some valid points and they all have, you know, some humanity in them um, and and some common ground despite their differing viewpoints. So I think they I think they handled it really well, because, um, again, there were several moments throughout the episode, like with these conversations and, and the battle scene and everything where they could have taken some shortcuts and taken some easy ways out mm-hmm. um, where you either could have made Crosshair like completely a bad guy and again been like, you know, oh, I I took my chip out and I still just choose to serve the empire and I'm going to kill you and I'm evil and I've always <laughs> been this way and wah ha ha ha. Um, but on the flip side, you could have had him, you know, showing this, this compassion and, and, you know, wanting his squad back and then could have just sort of smoothed it all over by the end of the episode and him be like, okay, I guess I'll join you guys again. But it's like, no, there's, you know, there's no easy way out and we're still going to have to get a resolution to this next week in the middle of all this destruction raining down on Camino, which by the way, as much as it was just, you know, sort of sad and emotional watching Camino being destroyed. I also was furious when the episode ended where it did, because even yeah. knowing that this was part one of a two part finale, I was not prepared. I was not watching the time. <laughs> I was not thinking that, Oh, it's about to end right here. I mean, I knew it was going to end soon, and I knew we weren't going to get a complete resolution to the story because I knew we had to go to part two. But I thought they would at least get to Camino or, or get off Camino or get back to their ship. Um, and that, you know, then the the part two was just going to be like, all right, well, what are we going to do with Crosshair? And, you know, what's going on with Rex? And, and how are we going to maybe get back at the Empire or whatever? Like, there's still plenty to to go off of in a second episode. But, yeah, when, like, 
they come out of that cloning facility, they're trying to go back the way they came to get back to their ship. And, you know, a big explosion goes off and kind of destroys the bridge that they're trying to get across. And they're like, all right, back inside. And they, they go back in and then there's just more lasers coming down and the whole building just starts sinking and it just fades out. And I was like, you're really just going to leave us like that? Come on. Look better a week than next week leaving us. You know what I mean? Like imagine if this was the the season finale, the internet would explode. Oh yeah. No, that, Oh yeah. I would not have been happy with that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That would have been upsetting. But so yeah, what, are, what are you expecting next week then? What, what do you think? Well, we're get? okay. I obviously we got to see them escape Camino, but I don't think mm. that's going to take the whole episode because I feel like, you it know, could, it's honestly, well, like, I don't and, know. I, th- and, I and, think and, it'll be the first maybe five or 10 minutes. Cause you really? know, they just have, to, they're going to obviously, they're probably going to find some other way to connect to those underwater tunnels. Um, I guess it depends in all the destruction. Does their ship survive? Like if there's an easy way for them to get to the ship and get off, you know, and, and get off Camino, then I don't think it'll take very long. But if, if their ship is destroyed and they're trapped, then maybe they have to find some working communications equipment and like send out a signal to Rex. And then maybe he's got to come and, you know, maybe bring some clone troopers or maybe even bring Ahsoka. Um, And then maybe they got to like fight the empire off Camino and go rescue the bad batch from the bottom of the ocean. Like, I don't know. Um, But yeah, obviously like like they got to get off Camino and then you got to get some kind of resolution with Crosshair because they, you know, again, even after they have the moment where they're all fighting together, then Crosshair is still like he pulls a gun on Hunter and is like, if, you know, basically gives him the Anakin, if you're not with me, then you're my enemy and says he's going to kill him. And Hunter shoots first and stuns him. Um, so now they're they're carrying Crosshair's unconscious body around. Um, but yeah, when when he wakes up, um, I mean, first of all, like they're going to have to escape together. It's like, OK, put the, the arguments aside for once we're not about to drown or blow up but um again they're gonna have to resolve those those differences somehow i mean maybe it ends with crosshair just going back to the empire but letting them live and them all kind of going their separate ways but i do think i mean it's it's hard because it's again it's like what exactly is going to happen are they gonna are they gonna go confront rampart are they gonna actually fight the empire or something i don't know but i think they're going to be in a situation where either Crosshair finally comes face to face with the realities of the Empire, uh, you know, just kind of chewing up and spitting out the clones and seeing them as expendable. Maybe it's the just the fact that they destroy Camino to begin with. Um, I don't know. I, I think either either something's going to happen where he finally sees the error of his ways and finally sees the Empire for who they are and and decides to to uh, rejoin the squad, or I think, I mean, the Empire and, just and, tried to kill him. Well, yeah, and again, that's what I'm saying. That that might maybe that's the catalyst. Maybe that's what finally gets him to see. Um, but he also could see it as like, oh, they're just doing what needed to be done. Like I didn't do my job and and take care of you guys and get out in time. Like he he might find a way to rationalize it and not blame them. Um, but they're all there. Could be a moment where. Uh, 
Crosshair maybe finally has that last minute realization, but like dies to protect another member of the squad. Um, and then it also could just be that he, he doesn't change. And like I said, you know, maybe finally realizes that lesson too late. Like maybe Rampart does just execute him or something like that. Um, and there was a, a tweet from, um, it's not Kevin Kiner, but I think it's his his sons who run this like Kiner Brothers music Twitter account because both of his sons also do like music production and they work with him on the show. And uh, they've been tweeting some stuff, kind of teasing fans throughout the whole season, as have some other people like uh, Joel Aaron and Keith Kellogg. And like I follow some of those people that work on the show on Twitter and a lot of them, especially before the big impactful episodes, they're always like, oh, you guys aren't ready for what's going to happen <laughs> on the Bad Batch this week. They like to tease. And... And the Kiner brothers just earlier today, uh, like retweeted a tweet from somebody else where it was something like, it was like, I'm fine. Like I'm Googling how to deal with sadness because I'm fine. And they retweeted, they retweeted it and said, this is going to be y'all on Friday, hashtag bad batch. And it was like, (laughs) oh boy. And I think also earlier this season, they tweeted something about how like they had just finished composing the music for the finale and it made them cry. So whatever happens next week, it's going to be emotional and we're probably not ready for it. I feel like Camino is going to be most of the episode because I feel like they can't, they can't resolve all their issues in the first five minutes. Like they're going to have to really work together to get out of this situation. And I'm sure the Marauder is fine just because that platform is so far away from Toboga city. Right. So they're just going to have to like, figure out through whatever debris to get back to the little uh, underwater subway. Um, I just, I feel like they have some stuff to work through and they're, they're going to take their time with that. And then, yeah, maybe, maybe Rex or whoever will, will show up in, in, you know, kind of the 11th hour towards the end. I'm sure we'll end with like a big, whoa moment because the show has been pretty good about having those. And I feel like, Obviously, when you want people to come back for season two, you got to leave it off on a on a big moment. Um, and I, and and I feel like we're gonna have some questions pop up. Um, I I don't think everything is gonna be wrapped up in a neat little bow. Obviously, um, they're gonna have to set up some new stuff because right now, really, the only thing they have to set up is uh, will the Bad Batch es- escape Camino and what what's the deal with with Crosshair. So I don't think we're going to get those answers plus nothing else. I feel like we'll probably get most of that. Um, and then some new stuff will be set up, like maybe a new problem now. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Crosshair does join them again and, you know, oh, we got to worry about the other clones now or something. I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, he, he doesn't feel very um, very worried about what happens to the, the, the regs that don't matter. In his yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that could be a setup for season two is them like, okay, we got crosshair. Now we need to go rescue, you know, either find out what the empire is doing with the rest of these clones, or we need to rescue them from Imperial captivity or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could kind of be their mission for season two. And that would set up the whole, you know, little uh, uprising of, of the other clones. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, it could be something else too, where like maybe it ends with, introducing some other new enemy like again if crosshair either does die or just rejoin with the squad um 
then maybe it ends with them introducing some new enemy that's going to be hunting them in season two, like some new elite Imperial squad or something like that, or maybe them hiring some more bounty hunters or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And just some sort of tease of like who they're going to have to contend with in season two. (laughs) Dryden Voss. (laughs) Possibly. You never know. We got, we got uh, the pikes in that one episode. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure there'll be plenty of possibilities. It's interesting because I also I also kind of I still have some unanswered questions about just sort of the motives of the clone troopers and like how much are they like especially the ones that are still loyal to the Empire, like how much are they being controlled by the chips and like right uh and or, or are they just loyal to the Empire like Crosshair is? And then you know, you've got clones because we keep seeing clones like gregor and hauser who like their chips supposedly are working just fine but then they choose to defect and it's like well is that are their chips defective is the are the effects of the programming wearing off like are they um are they somehow like you know they're having their own moral like psychological dilemma and like overpowering the the strength of the inhibitor chips or whatever Mm -hmm. i kind of want them to get a little bit more into just sort of the the psychology of what's going on with some of those clones. But I also feel like the further we go along, that might be a bit more of a moot point because as we now see, like the empire is trying to dispose of the clones anyway. So we might not see a whole lot more of like clones that are still being loyal to the empire. Right. Um, so we'll see if any more of that gets explored in the finale. Um, even in, you know, I'm, I'm sure some of that will come up with Crosshair, but then if we do see some of the other clones like Gregor or Hauser or any of those guys, I really want to see Hauser come back. Oh, um, me too. He's the man. <laughs> He's yeah. like everybody's favorite clone. This, this yeah, thing. you can't have him like give that impassioned speech and basically make a heroic sacrifice. Like he, he doesn't die, at least not that we see, but he obviously is willing to lay his life down Um for what he believes is right. Like knowing that those clones could easily just gun him down, but he, he tries to talk some sense into, into them instead. Um, and like, you, you know, you can't just, uh, leave with him getting captured and like, never show us that guy again. He's, he's like a hero of the people now. So he um, has his own subreddit. That is not surprising. It's, it's, and I'm sure it's, it's I'm sure it's probably called captain Bowser. Close. It's Hauser Simps. <laughs> <laughs> All Hauser Simps. And yes, I am subscribed to it. 200, <laughs> 293 other people are also subscribed to it. I love it. That's amazing. And I mean, based on memes. some of the tweets I've seen, I'm surprised it's only 293. <laughs> it's just memes and fan art. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So I, I hope we do get to see more of him at some point. Yeah. Um, and again, if we see, like, if if somehow the episode starts with, uh, you know, those Venators still up there raining destruction down on Camino, and then like Rex and Hauser and, and Gregor and Wolf and Ahsoka and heck, maybe even Commander Cody. Like, you still don't big, know what man. happened to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm just throwing this out there. If we see all of them show up in like a stolen ship or something and start well, you know, fighting back it. against the Empire. That would be awesome. But. I feel like it's too early for something like that, but I would love it. I want it. Yeah. I want it to be right. I mean, again, thinking just within the scope of this season, I feel like that would be an awesome way to kick it off. Maybe a bit, you know, it, it might be kind of reaching a bit, 
Um, or it certainly would be, you know, going big, but it would be just like, you know, the man, like Luke showing up at the end of the Mandalorian season too. Like the whole season, I kept thinking like, man, what if we saw Luke at the end? Like, what if that's the Jedi they're going to find? And then I was like, nah, that's, that's, that's too much to hope for. But is it? Like, and then it happened. So um, I, could I, I feel like just, just for this season, like just for this season, I could see that happening, but then also knowing that we're going to get a season two, it's like, yeah, maybe that's something that they want to kind of flesh out more and, and spend more time building up mm-hmm. to something like that. Um, but I obviously feel like, I mean, you're kind of just setting yourself up for disappointment because like, if we were to get like a full scale, like, you know, Rex and all these guys lead an uprising of like all the remaining clone troopers and they all try to fight back against the empire. We know they're going to lose. Right. Because obviously, like, the Empire survives until the original trilogy. And so I'd rather just see, like, kind of a small scale conflict where, like, a group of clones fight back against the Empire and, you know, win win one battle or take out one ship or something. And we get our big triumphant moment, um, knowing that obviously, like, they have no chance against the, the whole Empire, but, you know, that they can get some small victories along the way. So I'm, I don't know. We'll see. I'm okay with most of them dying um just because i mean it's kind of like you said we just all assumed that they just turned into the bad guys and then just marched off into obscurity like they just became stormtroopers and what like they outlived their usefulness and then died or retired or or whatever but i like the idea of taking these clones who for seven seasons were our heroes and giving them a heroic death. I'm okay with that. Like it's sad and it would be, it would be a bummer, but I like them redeeming themselves more than I like them living a long life being evil jerks. And yeah, that's true. Being part of the empire. I, I could totally see that too. Where like, heck maybe the empire does start killing them off and we Mm -hmm. see some clones where they're like, Hey, like, this guy disappeared. We don't know what happened to him, but like we were hearing some rumors that the empire is starting to like, you know, that, that these clones are disappearing and the, that the empire is starting to just get rid of us. And like, we're not going to stand for that. And then have some debates among them where they're like, Oh, we got to fight back. But then they're like, no, we have no chance. Like we got to keep going along with it and hope that we can be useful or whatever. Like Crosshair says. Um, but eventually, you know, maybe the, the majority of them decide like, then we're soldiers like we can't go out like this and if we're if we're doomed one way or the other we're at least going to go out fighting mm-hmm. um and it would just be so freaking heartbreaking and tragic like i almost i almost don't want to see that and i almost can't imagine them doing something that dark especially in you know it's basically <laughs> a kids show like this even though this show's already had some really dark moments but having like I mean, you know, we've seen episodes like the Umbara arc where a lot of clone troopers get killed. But if you're going to have like, you know, a thousand clones and and get, you know, get to this point where we're all kind of rallied behind them and, and we care about all of these guys and then all of them die tragically. I mean, you know, it'd be like 300 with clone troopers. I'm okay with it. Um, that sounds awesome to me. <laughs> it does, okay it sounds it. awesome, but it sounds so heartbreaking <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, part of me is like, I, I would love to see that. And then part of me is like, I don't want to see it though. I mean, like you said, it's like, if the clones have to end one way or another, like that's how I want to see them all die. But I just also don't want to see them die. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fair assumption that most of them will be dead by the time we see Rex, Gregor and Wolf and Rebel. 
Um, yeah, I think that's it, probably a fair assumption. And it's funny if they were good, they'd be in the fight, and they would probably join the fight with Rex and Wolf and 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 Gregor once they because yeah. you know they kind of faded into obscurity and were just trying to live out the rest of their lives, and then they join the fight. Any other clones that found out Rex was fighting with the rebellion would be like, "All right, let's go." You know what I mean? Like yeah, everybody yeah. would rally behind. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I, I mean, I feel like during the course of Rebels, I remember maybe Dave doing some interviews and talking and kind of hinting at some stuff like that and that there might still be some clones around and that we might see them like working mm -hmm. for the Empire in other capacities and maybe like training stormtroopers or something like that. But then um, I mean, I don't know if that was if those were just ideas that they were kicking around that never panned out in Rebels. Um, but yeah, obviously, we, we never saw any of that stuff on screen. So um yeah i don't know we'll we'll see um usually when dave like says said, you never know he already knows and just isn't telling oh him. i know yeah yeah <laughs> but yes in this instance you're right we just we never really saw anything come to fruition with that um yeah except for now but yeah so i'm saying i mean they're training the the tks um, yeah so for all we know i mean there could still be some old clones around that are you know, still working for the empire or something, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, that would be an awesome way to see them all go out, but it would also just be a huge gut punch. I mean, it was hard enough, you know, seeing the scene at the end of Clone Wars season seven, where you see all the helmets on spikes and like that right. felt like our, our yeah. farewell to the clones with them all, you know, dying. And it's like, man, if we have to go through that again, but it's not clones that are trying to kill a Jedi. It's like, clones that are fighting for their their independence and you know their right to survive under the empire and they all just get wiped out man that would just be oh awesome but so hard to watch at the same time <laughs> i'm ready to get hurt again kyle i'm okay with it <laughs> <sighs> yeah i guess so um but yeah we'll see i'm sure i'm sure we're gonna get hurt again next week too you know, before we get into all that stuff, it's like, it, if we ready. ever get to that point, that's not what the season finale is going to be. But, no, no. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some, some heartbreaking, you know, wrenching moments next, uh, or I guess the end of this week too, um, that we'll have plenty of time to mourn over before uh, season two next year. Hard to believe one episode left, man. That's it. Yeah. This, this season has flown by. It's crazy. Yes, yeah, 16 weeks, right? Like, I feel like mm -hmm. we just started doing this and just started watching. And it's, yeah, what, it feels like it's been, almost? yeah, two months. It feels like it's been two months, not four months. Mm -hmm. oh, but, no. uh, yeah, it's been a good ride this season for sure. And can't wait to do it again next year. Yeah, absolutely. But first, before that, can't wait to do it next week and, and talk about whatever we get to see this Friday. <laughs> for so. sure. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and, uh, wrap up the recap and head to the mailbag. Let's do it. Phantom, this is Bulkrum. Come in. Sir, we've received a transmission from someone using our subspace frequency. Fulcrum. Incoming transmission from the rebel cells. Fulcrum mailbag. All right. So Mike put the question out on social media and said the return to Camino was just a whole vibe, wasn't it? How are you feeling about Crosshair after part one of the finale? 
And on Facebook, Brian Benedicto said, Crosshair is such an intriguing character. I'm so interested to find out what his desires and true motivations are and hoping that he maybe can rejoin the Bad Batch in some capacity after he realizes how expendable he is to the Empire. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm definitely either hoping, I, I'm hoping we see that too. And I think we either are going to see that or or he's just going to stick to his guns and realize that lesson too late one way or the other. Um, I, I feel like them, I really feel like they're going to work together and while they're working together, going to discuss this and he'll come to that realization. Uh, yeah. I, what, before they before they reach the Marauder together, I think Crosshair is going to figure that figure it out. Yeah, as Camino is crumbling around them, and he's like, right. "Look at what your loyalty to the Empire has yep. taught you." Um, and then Ariel Philip uh, P. Flores says, "Wow, where to begin?" Michael, you called it that Crosshair is just a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be a, oh, it wouldn't be a Star Wars story without the join me conversation. Uh, I love how poetic it was. The last time they fought together in a group was in the combat simulation, and here they come back together in the same room. I'm hoping that Crosshair realizes that he is expendable and begins his redemption arc by rejoining Clone Force 99. And what a joy they are when they are all working with one another. Yes, um, well said. Yeah, definitely. And like we said, it was just so cool to see them all together on the same side again, even as brief as it was. Um, And yeah, I love that spin on the, you know, it was a different kind of join me conversation, just like Maul's speech to Ahsoka in in Clone Wars season seven is probably like, that's my favorite join me moment in all of Star Wars, just because of the 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 implications there but this was also a really good one where it you know it didn't just feel like retreading old ground or it wasn't like join me and we can you know rule the galaxy together it was really you know came from a heartfelt place of really wanting to be back together with the squad so i thought that was really good yeah 100 um and then on twitter uh tim dipple says this episode was fantastic and i can't wait to see what uh the finale part two brings I kind of wonder if we won't see Crosshair return to the Empire only for the Empire to turn their backs on him. Also, will Crosshair become the first Star Wars character in history to receive a redemption arc without a death, or is he doomed? <laughs> um, yeah, good question. I'm like, Hope so. that'd be nice. At least all the at least all the dark side villains, like obviously you know Anakin, Ben Solo, like they all die after returning to the light side. But I'm I'm trying to remember. Well, I guess Ventress. I mean, she eventually dies, but she doesn't yeah. die at the end of her redemption arc. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that's but like... But she also doesn't know, live very long comes... after that, so... Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, pretty... we at least get her in a couple more seasons of Clone Wars. It's in the book that she dies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, it's not like she saves somebody and then dies right away or something right. like that. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't... Um, there's you know not really anybody else that's coming to mind in terms of um you know villains that redeem themselves and then get to continue on being a good guy and i mean who knows like if if crosshair um does rejoin the squad and decide that he doesn't want to fight the empire is are they gonna have to sort of address the fact that like he murdered civilians um Mm -hmm. and is he gonna have to atone for that or is the fact that you know they're not obviously not serving the Republic or the Jedi anymore. And they're kind of these like outlaw mercenaries anyways, is he going to kind of just be able to skate by on that? So I don't know, just one more thing for them to potentially address and wrap up next week. Who, what, what civilians did he kill? I don't remember. I don't remember. Well, I, I mean, I guess he didn't kill them himself, but like in the, um, 
Oh, yeah. I think yeah, it's like okay. in the third episode. Yeah, yeah when they, when they go back to Onderon and there's like those refugees okay. that are trying to evacuate and he orders his squad to kill them. And the one guy says like, no, that's a bit extreme. And Crosshair kills his trooper right. and then orders yeah. the rest of his squad to murder the civilians. And one okay. of them like roasts him. I, I, I was thinking right for some reason Ryloth, but you're right. Yeah, that was Oh, Onderon. yeah, yeah. No, Ryloth, he uh, commits a political assassination that Ornfri Toss somehow apparently survives. Yes, yeah, taking, sni- taking a sniper okay. shot directly to the temple. Sure. And then, you know, <laughs> Rampart, Rampart is like, oh, it's attempted murder and he's mm. on the mend. And I'm like, what? what? It's a non lethal bullet? Well, laser? <laughs> yeah, that, that was a kill shot if I ever saw one. I don't know. Yeah. And also, like, would it not make more sense to. You know, if you're trying to vilify these guys to frame them for murder rather than just attempted murder, mm-hmm. like as I, I don't, I don't get their justification for keeping him alive unless he's in some he's, other. He's uh, alive in in uh, Dark Lords of the Sith book, which is later on. Oh, is that what it is? I, I, I mean, I don't know if that's why they kept him alive. They could have just used a different character, but murder yeah. someone else, I guess. But I don't know. That's... I don't know. Yeah, because I've I've read Lords. Of the... It's been a while though. I remember Champs and Dula was in it, but I forgot that mm-hmm. one Freetal was in it too. Um, gosh, yeah. In that case, they should have just used somebody else that they could actually. Right. Murder. That's <laughs> that's easily. okay. That makes more sense. That probably is the justification for it then. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like he lives. We're because essentially he has to. gonna have him get <laughs> killed, but like we can't actually have him get killed because he's in a book later. Like, but uh, like I, this show also doesn't. They they made all the changes with the Canaan origin story, so I you know I don't know True. like I don't know how much True. they pay attention to the other established canon stuff. Yeah, I don't but know. I feel like I feel like Canaan's origin is maybe slightly less concrete. Like um, you know, like it, like the way that it happens in like him escaping order 66, the way that it happens in bad batch is still fairly similar to how it mm-hmm. goes in, um, you know, in, in the comic. And so I feel like retconning that is a little bit less extreme than a retcon on the level of like, Hey, you know, this character is alive in this book, but we're going to kill mm-hmm. him off in this show that takes place before that. book. that's sure. a little that's more, fair. you know, black and white. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Um, anyway, I don't know how we got off on on argu- arguing <laughs> the the mortality of Ornfree Ta, but we got one one more comment to read from uh, Alexandrina ATK on Instagram, and she said, "Just watched it. Oh my groceries! Uh, beyond the animation just being stunning, the colors were so vibrant and saturated, but still looked more like the Clone Wars than Resistance or Rebels. When Crosshair and Hunter were talking in that room, I got so many chills." I always love it when he's on screen. He's so interesting and I can't wait to see more. He's been the most interesting for me since episode one, uh, but this one really cranked it up for me. When he shot those stormtroopers, it was so cool, but when uh, when he's like, look, I just killed my other team. Don't you trust me now? Uh, I'm I'm like about as much as I would trust a significant other who cheats, then dumps you, then says, Hey, if you help me kill the other person, I'll date you again. I really hope they don't. She says, I really hope they don't redeem him next episode. Uh, maybe next season or just keep him evil ish. Um, and yeah, I mean, we didn't really talk about that too. Like that moment when he takes out the rest of his squad and he's like, uh, 
I think Tech and Echo like catch on that he's got those little dots set up around the room that he uses where he shoots them and it makes the laser ping around the room. Mm-hmm. And he uses it to take out his whole squad um, to make them realize like, and again, it's it's all, it's not him going against the Empire, even though he's killing his own stormtroopers. He's doing this all to try to convince his squad to trust him and rejoin him. But he, mm-hmm. again, he, he's got his you know he's got one foot in each pond or whatever like he really wants to be with his squad but he really wants to be with the empire and to prove his usefulness and to um i don't know follow orders and be a good soldier and and whatever so um again i really think he's going to reach a tipping point in the final episode where he's going to have to pick one or the other um but yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree that Crosshair has been uh, just a really fascinating character to watch this season and uh, particularly in this episode. And I kind of do hope we get to see him get redeemed. Um, and I think especially this episode kind of showed that there is uh, there's that potential in him, right? That like, mm-hmm. again, even though he's serving the Empire, like he genuinely wants to be with his squad. And so maybe he'll make the right choice in that regard. But um I don't know. I'm sure whatever happens next episode, I hope that we get a, a really satisfying uh, conclusion to his arc for this whole season. Yeah, I, I, I feel like one way or another, we're going to at least know where he stands. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah, I have a lot of confidence in the writing of this show. It's been there's really only been. I think one episode this entire season that even the ones that were like, eh, whatever. There was really only one that I was like disappointed. That I was like, "Ah, oh, you gotta wait another week for for the show after that episode." All right, whatever. <laughs> um, the uh, um, what was I can't think of what they're called. The the little like Gears of War krill things in the cave with the spice and yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the in, infested episode. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. I was very dis. I feel like I was on my phone more in that episode than I was watching. Yep. Yep. And I, yeah, that, that episode, cause I had like had a long day and was like, I just, I'm not really excited to talk about this episode. I think, yeah, I think on like every was, other episode this I think season. You so sat I was out like, that week too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, and again, I, I mean, I, I had been working a long day and was tired anyways, but like I would have, I would have still powered through and got on to talk about a good episode, but I was like, ah, you guys can take it. I don't blame you. Um, I don't blame you. Yeah. And I remember thinking, cause there've been so many episodes this season where there's an episode that just doesn't, you know, is not super exciting or doesn't do a whole lot to really push the overall plot forward, but still has some interesting elements. And like you said, it's, you know, still worth watching, but people are so quick to label it all. Oh, that was a filler episode. That was a filler yeah. episode. The Bad Batch is too much filler. And I'm like, no, it's, just, you know, it's got good character moments or good world building moments that, you know, not every week is going to be a big shocking plot twist or something. I think people are spoiled by The Mandalorian season two, where like every episode had a big character reveal or, you know, a big cameo moment or something like that. I mean, even this season um, had a lot of big like Cad Bane's back. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Rex yeah. is back. Like, well, Gregor's again, back. So- like, it was a lot of heavy hitters this season. <laughs> Yeah, but there was a lot of that stuff, but that was maybe like every other episode. And so the episodes that didn't have that stuff, people were just like, oh, it's filler. And it's like, no, it's just a decent episode, not a, 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 you know, outstanding one. Um, But yeah, that one in particular, the infested, I was like, I remember thinking, oh, man, after all this, after this whole season of people complaining about filler episodes for episodes (laughs) that were not really filler, that was a filler episode. Finally got one. Yeah. 
Well, um, I mean, when when Mike and I were talking about it, he did make a good point that it's definitely setting up stuff for most likely at this point next season where we probably will get Dryden Voss because the Pikes are involved. They made the model in season seven of Clone Wars. There's a Dryden Voss model out there. Like you mentioned earlier, the Pikes are, you know, running around now. So I think there's a good chance that whatever happens with Sid um, will eventually lead to Dryden Voss. And, you know, the Bad Batch might get mixed up with them next season for, you know, one reason or the other. So it definitely served a purpose. It does feel like an episode that could have happened at any point during the season, because I agree with you, it didn't really advance the plot so much. Um, but it did, I, I do still believe, as as bored as I was in that episode, that there will be, you know, we'll see the fruition of that episode later. Um, yeah, I, I think so, too. <laughs> I, I, I think we will, too. Especially that, uh, the Deveronian guy, like, mm-hmm. like, they spend an awful lot of time sort of like he he got a lot of screen time for yeah. what seemed like a kind of throwaway character mm. that I'm like he's probably going to come back again at some point like there has to be a point to all this they've got to be like even if they don't have like a compelling story arc in mind this is at least you know like a a, a character sort of like Hondo or like that um the other Deveronian like arms dealer guy that popped up in Rebels right you know, they're kind of just introducing like a recurring like underworld type character that we'll probably see again. Um, also with the Pikes, I spent that whole episode, you know, wondering and not really expecting that we were going to see like Darth Maul pop up. But that's where my mind went more so than Dryden Voss. I was wondering if, you know, this Pike stuff might lead back to Maul at some point with Crimson mm-hmm. Dawn. But that's a good point that we might see uh, see Dryden Voss involved at some point too. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty more stuff they can flesh out with like, Sid and the whole criminal underworld element. Um, so yeah, lots to draw from um, in season two. Um, and even I, if you don't, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. <clears throat> I I just this is such a like a pipe dream, and it's really not here or there. I really want to see Vilmore Gror. Uh, speaking of Deveronians and Quinlan Voss, because like we think, as far as we know, he could have survived Order sixty six. I would love, and Vilmar Gark is like one of my favorite expanded universe characters. We haven't seen him in anything in the new canon, and those two together are so awesome. I would love to see them involved in like a post Order sixty six story. Uh, I think it's I would the perfect platform for them. Love to, to see that. Yeah, especially if we're if we're dealing more with criminal underworld stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, I mean, we'll probably see more with like the clones in the Empire, but. Also, after the Empire destroying Kamino and, and Stormtroopers replacing clone troopers, like maybe season two will be more focused on them just kind of laying low and going mm-hmm. on more mercenary missions and stuff. And so, um, yeah, if, if they're going to introduce any more Jedi who survived Order 66, I think Quinlan Voss would be a perfect one for this show. For sure. Um, and that's obviously one, too, that, you know, a lot of people have been wanting to see for years and kind of get some official confirmation on whether he survived or not. So, yeah, I think this would be a perfect avenue for it. Um, but we shall see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, thank you to all you guys that, uh, chimed in with your comments online. Um, you know, of course, if you don't already, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Rebel Cells. 
Um, but I think that's gonna just about do it for this episode, unless you got anything else to add, Joe. I cannot wait for Friday. It's what three days away at the time of this recording. Yep. Yeah, I I love recording this show on Tuesday because then yeah. you're already halfway through. You're already more than halfway through the week towards the next episode. It feels like they all come so fast. So, mm-hmm. yeah, as of as of when we're recording this, I don't know if you know Mike will probably have this out tomorrow or something. But yeah, we've only got three days to wait for part two of the finale, um, and hopefully this one doesn't leave us on quite as uh, I don't know quite as infuriating of a cliffhanger. <laughs> but um, it could lots happen. Of, it can happen. It, it could. Uh, it could. Yourself. I have to kind of prepare myself, I guess. I hope it doesn't. I mean, I feel like Clone Wars seasons never really ended on, like, extreme cliffhangers like that. Um, Five with the Ahsoka usually... leaving was the worst one. Yeah. But again, that wasn't really a cliffhanger, though. Like, that was a good way to end the season and leave you wanting to see what happened next, but also, like, it was a good wrap-up for that storyline. Right. If anything, that one, that one just sucked that the show got canceled after that. Right. Well, like, that made it Hang on, there's worked, not going right? to be any more Clone Wars after this? <laughs> no, like, yeah, that was, so that was the cliffhanger, <laughs> was just that we weren't getting another season. Mm-hmm. Um, but all's well that ends well. We got two Absolutely. more Absolutely. Yeah, we, we got cl- more Clone Wars and then some. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Bad Batch season finale part two this Friday. Uh, can't wait to see it and can't wait to be back next week with you guys talking about it. Uh, but that's going to do it for now. Uh, we will see you guys next time. Looks like Bad Batch is blasting off again. Follow Rebel Cells on Twitter and Instagram at Rebel Cells and on Facebook at Rebel Cells Podcast. You can support the podcast in three ways. First, by going to the podcast service of your choice, leaving a rating and review to help others find the show. Second, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support to get cool rewards like exclusive podcasts and more.